Hey everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and fellow co-host, Jose Angel. Who are we talking about today, sir? Today we're talking about actor Ryan Grantham. I must be honest, going into this, I thought there was going to be more information out there. Ryan's crime that we will be getting into happened two years ago. He has been to court and he is soon to be sentenced. So at this point, there's usually a lot more information. With Ryan, I could not find it, though. So uh, what did you bring me? <laughs> Nothing? So, so that's the episode. No. And what's so the name? Ryan Anthem? Ryan's Grantham. Grantham? Grant. Ryan Grantham? Grantham. Grantham. Ugh. The information I have, what's there is there. Okay. Trigger warning, we will be talking about murder. Oh, damn. Murder. Ryan Grantham was born June 20th, 1998, making him a Gemini. And he murders. Okay. All checks out. Even this was hard to find and confirm. I saw most sites just say 1998 without the date, so this could be wrong. We don't even know this man. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because he was mostly a supporting actor, but his birthday was just not on most sites. All right. I could find that Ryan had one sister named Lisa, and was raised by his mother, Barbara. Did, wait. Is this... Based off how you said that, is his sister's name Lisa or Lisa? Oh, sorry, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who the... They really named her Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> At a young age, Ryan's father left the family, and Barbara raised Ryan and Lisa by herself. Ryan's first acting role was in a commercial for fried chicken. I tried to find that commercial, but it's buried somewhere. Love that chicken for Papa. That's what I was wondering. What kind of commercial for fried chicken could it be? Like, is it a Popeye's commercial, or is it like... Is it a KFC commercial? Because I don't see no, no marshals for charges. And I just don't see a commercial for just fried chicken. Like, eat fried chicken. There it could be. I, mean, I don't back know. Back in the day, anything is possible. They used to have smoking is good commercials. And, I mean, they had got milk commercials, so maybe. And we didn't even know that milk was crazy as fuck. Like, the milk we was drinking is not all that good. The cow sack, <laughs> the cow sack milk. <laughs> Ryan's first film, The Secret of the Nutcracker, came out when Ryan was just nine years old. In 2008, it was just one of those Christmas TV movies. Sounds like it. Hallmark. Yeah. Lifetime. I don't I don't think it was like one of those because he's Canadian. So a lot of Canadian things. I don't, I don't really yeah, I was know their channels. Yeah, I something like a joke about Canada, but I don't know much about Canadian culture <laughs> to do yeah. a joke. <laughs> a lot of these other movies he was in was just... Like, the kid version of the actor. Oh, so, okay, I get what you're saying. Why there were bigger movies like Jumper in 2008 and The Imaginarium of Dr. Paranassus in 2009, he plays the child version of a bigger actor. So okay. not really that big roles. Mm-hmm. 2010, he was in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I never seen the movie, but looking into this, I am seeing his role was just not that big. But it's one of his most known roles. Yeah, I briefly remember Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but you know we were aging out of that fucking film, like yeah, I, I demographic think it, when it was coming out. I think when it came out, we were a little bit too old for it. Yeah, so I don't know any person from it. For the short film Liz in 2012, he won a Vancouver Short Film Festival Award, and Liz was only nine minutes long. He must have shined in them nine minutes, though. <laughs> He also won Young Artist Award. He was nominated for a Lear Award for starring in the movie Becoming Redwood. Now, these are just Canadian awards, so nothing really that big, but he is starting to feel that resume. Not you shading Canadian awards, <laughs> though, for real. I didn't even, I didn't even Canada, see that. Like... Get on Jose's ass. This motherfucker's disrespecting your accolades. I didn't even mean that as... <laughs> You know, it's just some I just meant, like, Canadian local. shit. Doesn't really fucking matter. It's not like it's like goddamn American Oscar. 
<laughs> okay, Jose, I get it. it like, I it's not it. Hollywood. It's not like the Oscars or Academy Awards. Ooh, say it again. It's not like he won an MTV Music Award. <laughs> <laughs> he was in one episode of iZombie in 2015. He you was in two. that one. I did. I did. I never finished it, but I did like it. <laughs> he was in two episodes of Supernatural, and his last role was in Riverdale for an episode. Okay. If anyone out there watches Riverdale, he is the one who does the hit and run on Archie's dad. <gasps> I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, and that hashtag spoiler alert, I think. You didn't so- even say it before you said it. That's the crazy ass <laughs> thing about you, bro. <laughs> you said a potential, I don't even know, like a big plot point, and then you say hashtag spoil. <laughs> The hashtag comes afterwards. Anybody who was going to watch Riverdale is pissed. (laughs) So I wouldn't by any means say he's an A-lister or even a B-lister. But I don't know if I would say he was a failed actor either. I would say more like background actor because you really can't even say supporting. His supporting is like side by side. You'd have bigger meteor roles. He was kind of like a, a role player if you were going like by a basketball team. So he's like, he's not an extra. He's higher than that. But yeah. he's not more than a supporting actor, it seems like, from the roles you're describing. And I, I kind of, he was young. Like, he was 20 at this time. So I think it was, he's just building that resume. Mm-hmm. Because usually, you know, sometimes if you work steady, you might get a big break into, like, a big role. Yeah. Not not everyone's going to be that breakout child star. So, I just to put that out there. That's true. Not everybody can be a insert successful child actor name here. <laughs> the few clips I did see of him talking was from the Becoming Redwood film. So, in my mind, I keep seeing him as this kid. The movie came out when he was 13 or 14, but he looked much younger than that, in my opinion. Okay. And now, at 24, he looked very young. So, we are about to get into what he did, and in my mind, I keep thinking it's this little kid that did this, but it's not. And I try to think why he would do this and try to put some rational thinking into it, and really, there is not any rational thinking. We're dealing with someone who had some severe mental illness that did not get treated, and unfortunately, it led to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking him up now to see what he looks like. Oh, damn. He did look like a real, he was like a really cute kid. Yeah. And I'm going to go, into, go in chronological order. A lot of this we found out afterwards, but it, I'm just going to go in chronological order just to keep everything clear. All right. So March 5th, 2020, Ryan is sitting in the parking lot of his college, Simon Fraser University. He is contemplating a mass shooting and is in his car with a shotgun. Whoa. Yeah. He does not end up shooting up the school, and this is the school that he was attending. Did he have rounds? He had a shotgun. He had a shotgun. I mean, how much are you going to get off in a shotgun? I don't know. I, I don't know if that was his only weapon as well, because he does have other weapons. Okay. This would not be the last of his plans. I don't know how long Ryan had these thoughts. Later in court, some of his journal entries talked about him being depressed and having problems with school, his problems with pr- procrastination, and his anger towards foreign students. I see it say he had anger towards foreign students, but I don't know if that is who he wanted to target or why he had anger towards them. Yeah, what's the source? Usually there's a, I mean, not not on a very good reason, but usually there's a reason why connected. Hmm. Yeah, it could, you know, be something very stupid in their mind, like, oh, they're coming here and they're doing better at school, or, mm-hmm. you know, something that doesn't make logical sense. But it, it that's but they all rationalize it in their yeah, mind. Yeah, okay. that's all I saw is that anger towards foreign students. All right. Again, not much is reported, and if it was there there's no use trying to rationalize it march 31st 2020 ryan murders his mother barbara okay video footage that ryan recorded on his gopro camera show him rehearsing the murder okay on several occasions it shows ryan walking behind his mother holding a point 22 caliber rifle and holding it behind her head but he does not pull the trigger you want to fucking talk about fear right there oh my god to know somebody is 
practicing killing you and you just did not know that correct oh my gosh that honestly when i read that it really did like chill me to the bone reading that and you know i live alone but just that thought of someone in your home who you think you love mm-hmm. who you know your son is planning to kill you and you don't know and he's holding this loaded gun behind your head and you don't know yeah like what would have happened if one time she actually did turn around like in time to see that would it have yeah, saved it, her or would it like push this to happen faster like i don't know that a thousand yeah. what ifs but yeah i just when i read that it, it was so chilling to think of that mm-hmm. on the day of her murder he loads and unloads the gun several times and then sits on the steps of their home for 15 minutes, debating on what to do. He decides to go through with the murder and shoots his mom once in the back of the head while she played the piano. Oof. And I don't know if that's how he always practiced it with her at the piano playing. And that could explain why, you know, she didn't turn around, why she didn't hear him behind her. Mm-hmm. In court, they show the GoPro camera footage before the murder. It shows him aiming the gun at the mayor and walking around the house. After the murder, he says in the video, I just killed my mom. I just killed my mom. I shot the only person who loved me in the back of the head. He ends the video with looking at his reflection and saying, you thought you were so tough. I don't know if he was talking about... Yeah, I don't know what you thought you were so tough was towards his mother or towards himself. I would imagine it was towards himself, just because he's looking at his reflection. Hmm. It is believed... It sounds like this was something that he felt compelled to do based off whatever was going on in his brain. Something in his brain had already decided that he was going to do something harmful to somebody or some people. And eventually he zeroed in on his mom and then clarity happened, but it's not really clear because he's still not in his right frame of mind. Yeah. Just sitting on those steps for 15 minutes, like working up the courage to do it. It, I, I don't want to make excuses for him because he did do a horrible thing. Oh, but, yeah. 100%. You know, it is, like like you said, like he was compelled to do it. It's just like, I've dealt with people um, battling various, very mental illnesses, a depression, and it all manifests in different ways. And, and, and sometimes, unfortunately, things like this happen when it goes untreated or exacerbated by other environmental settings. But... Yeah, everybody deserves to take accountability, but there's sometimes there are extenuating cir- circumstances. And I feel like even though this is what you're describing is this man doing something terrible, I just feel like based off him growing up, the way he grew up with a single mom and how if he said that on the video, the only person who loved him, he was really battling some real tough demons. Sometimes, I mean, a lot of times you don't want to kill the one person who who, who cares about you. Something else is going on. But yeah, you're right. It is believed he killed his mother because he didn't want her to see the violence he was planning to commit. And he didn't want her to find out about him smoking weed and doing bad in school. And what he felt like was he was becoming a failure. And he'd rather his mom die than look at his the son that she loves as a failure. And he's planning to do more violence he didn't want her to see that okay and again that is just what is believed that's what has come out in court uh but i i you know i i don't know and yeah we we never will yeah in his journal he wrote quote i'm so sorry mom i'm so sorry lisa i hate myself he also wrote there's a lot of media of me out there film and tv hundreds of hours of me that can be viewed and dissected no one will understand. Hmm. And so is he worried about like since he did this, like since he killed his mother, now they're gonna look into all his TV roles and this dissect his behavior, but on the in the his character roles. I saw in one of the articles. I think it was complex. I got most of my information from complex, but it says that his journals were very like introspective and. Just like what we're doing right now. We're talking about it. We're trying to dissect it. We're trying to understand it. And he's just, I believe he's saying that 
no one will understand it. Like, because there's no, there's nothing to understand. It, it was just mental illness. Okay. Okay. And that that's what I got from that quote. I mean, I don't know. And you see people on Twitter when this news story broke out where they're just like, oh my God, you know, this, he did, he did a hit and run on this character's dad on Riverdale and he ended up killing his mom in real life. And, you know, they're not connected, but people end up doing that for some stupid reason. Yeah. They'll find a thread, anything yeah. that they can to try to make a connection. Sometimes it's not there. <laughs> you just gotta. Yeah. That night he covered his mom in a sheet, went out, bought some weed and beer, watched Netflix for two hours, and then went to bed. The following day, he lit some candles around his mom's body and placed a rosary. He packed his car, three guns, some ammunition, some camping gear, and 12 Molotov cocktails. Okay, shit. And he had a printed map out with directions towards Rideau Cottage in Ottawa. I don't know if this is well-known information, but Canada's Prime Minister lives in that cottage. April 1st, 2020, after not being able to get in contact with her mother Barbara or brother Ryan, Lisa drives down to her mother's home where she finds her mother under the sheet with the candle still burning. She also found a note that said, quote, I wanted to do something for her. I robbed her of everything. And the note was left by Ryan. Lisa ends up calling the police. That's heartbreaking. You have to walk in and see your mother. It is very like heartbreaking that. to be the one. I saw one source say when it was first reported, like closer to 2020, say that a wellness check happened. But then the later sources said that Lisa was the one to discover her. So I'm more inclined to believe that it was Lisa. Mm-hmm. Especially since wellness, I mean, I don't know. We don't, we don't know where Barbara worked and everything like that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be more inclined to think maybe Lisa uh, found her, especially if more uh, updated reports are reporting that. Yeah. Ryan was heading towards Ottawa. He wanted to kill Justin Trudeau because he was the most important person in Canada. After killing his mom, Ryan felt that killing Justin Trudeau was all he had left. Okay. Yeah, after some time driving, he realizes reaching Trudeau is, is not a reasonable thing to do. He doesn't think he'll be able to reach him. So he debates going to Simon Fraser University and doing a mass shooting there or climbing the Lion's Gate Bridge and throwing the Molotovs off the bridge and shooting people. Oof. Ryan ends up driving to the Vancouver Police Department and an officer sees that he looks upset and approaches Ryan in his car. When the officer approaches Ryan, Ryan tells him, I killed my mom. The officer arrests Ryan and finds the guns, the Molotov cocktails, and the GoPro camera that has the footage of the crime scene on it. The so, only thing I can be thankful for is that uh, eventually so, some rational part of his mind cleared for him to turn himself in. Yeah. But that could have ended, especially with the Molotov cocktails and the fact that you could just throw them anywhere. I mean, anything, honestly, the guns, everything that he had. But it's just like, he really could have done some serious damage. And nobody knew for almost, where I'm guessing, almost or about 24 hours. That's what is so scary about it. Like, I, I, I was on Reddit, like, trying to find information on here. And they were posting it. I, I don't remember what subreddit it was on. But they were saying... I don't know if it's true, but, you know, people were telling me, like, oh, my God, I was at school at that time. And, uh -huh. you know, you, you just never know. And You just never fucking know. It's, yeah, it's very heavy to think about, especially with everything that happens here in America um, with shootings. And just, you, you never know what's going to happen. And so scary to think that. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. I've always been, like always like um uh, conscious of uh, of like a, a shooting could happen anywhere but especially since that buffalo shooting like anytime i'm at a store because you know i i live in a predominantly uh minority neighborhood like who lives in my neighborhood is prop is i would say like 70 percent hispanic people and like 30 percent black people all in my neighborhood all all the stores so I really, really am cautious when I'm in the store now. Like you constantly look at the exit, you constantly make contact, eye contact with people. 
because you just don't know people's motives. You don't know when people are snapping. You don't know when people are just going to decide to take other people's life just because. Yeah, that that's why it's <clears throat> so scary to think that. I mean, and nowhere is really safe because he was thinking a school, which is, I feel, a common thing nowadays for some freaking reason, or a bridge. Like, just imagine a bridge. That's so scary because On you're just... cars, and you just don't know how the cars will react. It could be gridlocked. You don't know what is happening. Yeah. I, I, the only, I mean... Yeah, it, it was it was late, and unfortunately, Barbara lost her life. But at least nobody else um, suffered um, a tragedy. It, yeah, it's so horrible that she lost her life. But I feel like that was kind of his breaking point that he did murder his mother. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah, and I'm so surprised this story has not gotten more media coverage. I didn't even hear about it until a few weeks ago. You know, two years after it's happened, I get he's not the biggest celebrity or star out there, but this could have been a major event that luckily was stopped because he turned himself in. But it, it just makes you think, like, how many other events do we not know about that could have happened? I know, because think about how many actual mass shootings there have been in the in the uh just in America alone. Years, yeah. Yeah. And then you don't ever hear about the almost mass shootings. You don't. You just hear about people getting arrested with guns or plans, and you don't even hear about all those. So yeah, it it, it is crazy. And I think also because of how every because of this whole gun control issue and Roe v. Wade and all these things that are big coming into play right now. I think the media or certain people are being very selective on what stories blow up. And um, I, I I don't know. And honestly, we're just so desensitized to shootings. Some of them only do get a blip in the media. I mean, if you look up how many shootings have happened in the U.S. alone, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't heard about most of those. Yeah, they just give you the numbers and you look them up and they're there, but you, you not all of them were nationwide news. Yeah, you and did. all of them should, but there's so many that happen, it can't be. So many that you get so desensitized that you just hear a number. I mean, 4th of July alone, I know there was a few shootings and it was you just heard a number thrown out here and there. Mm-hmm. By the way, this whole the fucking house signs a bill about a mass shooting alert. Like, bitch, please. Y'all will do anything to not talk about gun control. Y'all will do any fucking... Th- a mass shooter alert? What the fuck does that do for us? I, I don't... But it, it shouldn't even be a bill. Y'all should be talking about that in conjunction of something else that would help. I, I could have swear there's already active shooter alerts. During court, Lisa reads an impact statement saying her brother took away her best friend and her mother was loving and caring and quote, it breaks my heart. She struggled so hard only to be murdered by her own son. She was vulnerable and Ryan gave her no chance to defend herself. It pains me to know he was a danger to her life. The part about her struggling, I've seen some reports saying Barbara was fighting cancer and some say that she had just overcame cancer. Oh my fucking God. Either way, it's just such a horrible thing that you would think statistically that the cancer is what would do it, not your own son shooting you. Like she could have been coming out of it. Her kids are grown. She probably could have actually, you know, started doing her thing, doing what she needed to do, doing what she was wanting to do. And then you got Lisa here who has lost her mother and her fucking brother. Yeah. That that's what's so horrible because at the time when such a horrible thing like this happens, you want to lean on your family and she can't. She, she can't, can't because it was her family who did it, her exactly. her own brother. Ryan said in court, quote, in the face of something so horrible, saying sorry seems so pointless, but from every fiber of my being, I am so sorry. So he pleaded guilty of second degree murder. It was knocked down to second degree since he pleaded guilty. As a matter of sentencing, his defense has said he was depressed and experienced homicidal and suicidal urges. His father wrote a letter to the court which the father did leave the family when they were young, so I don't know how much... I was just about to say, what this motherfucker say? Yeah. What did this I, motherfucker say? It, I mean, it, either side, you own, motherfucker, I ain't trying to hear you. You ain't here. You are not there. That That's kind of how I felt about it, too. I don't know how much that will weigh on sentencing. During the 
25 months he has been in prison. He has gone to counseling and Ryan said, quote, someday if I'm ever released from prison, I hope to continue on this path of bettering myself. I also read that he has said, quote, I cannot explain or justify my actions. I have no excuse. It hurts me to think about how badly I've wasted my life. His sister and aunt have told the court they fear for his release. And so that's pretty much saying they don't want him to be released. I mean, and, I feel bad for the man, but I, I, I don't either. In Canada, second degree murder has a minimum of life with 10 with the possibility of parole after 10 years. On June 16, 2022, so about a month ago, at his sentencing hearing, his defense asked for him to be eligible for parole after 12 years, while the Crown, which I guess is the Canadian version of the prosecution, asked mm -hmm. for eligibility for parole after 17 or 18 years. Mm -hmm. Justice Kathleen Carr has reserved decision for a future date. So I don't know when he will be sentenced. Oh, is, shit. Yeah, that's the last update we got. Uh, how old is Ryan again? Just so I can start calculating. Currently, he's 24. So 24. I should know this easily, but I don't. 24 plus 12. So they're saying possibility of parole when this man is 36. Or a possibility of parole when this man is 42. And... Just because um, they have the possibility of parole doesn't mean they'll be paroled. But still, I, we just can't, and I, I, I don't, oh, I'm so conflicted, man, because the prison system is fucking crazy. This also is Canada, this is Canada, right, though? Yeah. And I don't know nothing about there, but I just know that the U.S. prison system is fucking crazy and only for profit right now. I mean, not only, but most of them are. And then it's murder. So I also feel like it should be such a higher sentence. But then it's like this man had mental issues. I feel like he could, but mental hospitals are a trouble too. I don't know how I feel. Um, I just do not feel like this man needs to be paroled though. I don't think that like 20 months of like therapy is like you're cured from murder your 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 illness is is being handled it, no i mean he still needs to have intensive therapy as well as still needs to be locked up for his safety and the safety of others uh, i also saw it said in his journal that he speculated that maybe mass murder wasn't for him but maybe serial killing um <laughs> I, I just, I feel like I'm going to, I, I'm not informed enough. I don't have an opinion if he should be released in 12 years. I, because mental illness, I feel like can be worked on, but what if he does snap again? And I just don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to answer that. I, I not, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if, if it's a chemical imbalance. I, I just don't know. And mm -hmm. I don't feel right saying either which way because like you were saying the minimum is 10 years so if he did get 12 years he'll be 36 but i mean he could be 34 is 10 years enough time for taking a life but on the other hand he was not in the right mind he obviously regrets it now but i think you, in this case i think everybody can just judge how they feel based on you know their own morals and values and how they see the case uh-huh just thinking about it personally though yes i, I it, it does feel weird to like with somebody who's really suffering with their frame of mind and the way that they see the world in themselves it's hard to be like yeah lock them up for life but this is murder and i feel like in this case it's just a safer bet to keep him in there for as long as possible because this not only do we not really have a reason for why it happened, um, we just don't know if it could happen again based off how he's feeling. Like, maybe mass shooting isn't for you. You killed your mother. Maybe you could be a serial killer. Um, but you, you, you're, I don't know. I just don't know. But I definitely think that when it just comes to murder, when it comes to sexual assault, there need to be higher sentences. Yeah, and you have the people who are discri like discriminated against because of various things about them who get higher sentences, and those who 
don't look like those other people get lower. So I just don't fucking know. Him kind of sort of turning himself in because he didn't really, but I mean, he was at the police department. So he did kind of turn himself in. But him doing that to me is he stopped himself. He was able to stop himself. So maybe he should be paroled. But then I think he's already has plans to do other violence. Maybe he shouldn't be paroled. So I, I feel like any given time I can go back to four phone. I, I don't feel like I'm agitated enough. I just, so yeah, I, I, I just, I feel very bad for the family. I, mm-hmm. I will update this if there is an update anytime soon. It didn't say when the judge would come back with this, you know, sentence. Mm-mm-mm. Do you have anything else to add? I don't know. I'm just so conflicted. Yeah, it. it I have empathy to people who, especially, deal with mental illness because it runs in, you know, my family. I've had friends like that, so it's it's really hard. But I also, none of my friends or family have killed anybody, you know. But I, I, I don't know. But definitely, he he has to be locked up. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um, we do like to end every episode on a positive note, and I do feel like we need it. Um, <laughs> with some form of media, we like to recommend, talk about, discuss, or bitch about. Do you want to go first, or should I? Do you want to go first? Uh, I can. I can. I can. I can. I can, actually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I'm doing something a little different with my media. I'm talking about experiences I've had. Uh, technically, I guess my, my media, I don't know why I decided to stretch and talk at the same time. That was a good one. All right. Sorry. That was personal. <laughs> that was. <laughs> well, that was a good ass stretch though. Bam. All right. Anyway, the media, uh, I'm talking about movies, uh, but specifically, live legally. Specifically, when I saw movies in the movie theater and the two special people I've seen these movies with. No, actually, no, that's a lie. One I've seen these movies with and one experience I'm going to talk about how I didn't. Okay. So, let's talk about the first experience. The Django. Uh, and the podcast. Cut the cameras, dead ass. <laughs> let's tell the Django story, finally. So... I saw Django in theaters when it first came out with my grandparents, my grandfather and my grandmother. How it happened. Um, first of all, let me set the sca- the landscape for you. Uh, we were in high school, right? It had to be. It came out when we, we were in high school, not college. We were in college and we were back for Christmas break. Oh, so first year. Okay. First of all, God damn. Because <laughs> I carry this hurt with me to this day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So back in the day when me and specifically me and my sister, Trisha, because I'm going to bring her up later, when we would visit my grandparents, occasionally we would go to the movies. As we got older, that shit started to stop. So did the breakfast in the morning. They was like, bitches, y'all are grown. We're not doing that friendly grandparent shit. Y'all over 18. To the fact that sometimes we would wake up from a sleepover at their house and they would be back from a brunch or a movie and be like, yeah, y'all will sleep. So <laughs> literally, it's a it's a it's a weekend I'm sleeping over. My grandmother comes to the room and says, Hey, we about to go to the movie theaters and uh see Django. You wanna see? I said, When? She said, Nail, you don't know how fast I got my ass up. And we saw Django. And let me tell you, I will never I feel so bad when you carry this hurt with you. <laughs> but I will never forget that experience. It was just so funny. I, I definitely remember my grandpa. He, when Samuel L. Jackson came on the screen, my grandpa was losing this shit. When this, when Samuel L. Jackson's like, there ain't no nigga on no nan, is it? Ain't nigga on the nan. My grandpa was dying in the movie theater. You heard him. It was just just a great experience. I'm not even. People I'm, have told me how great of a movie it is. I ain't gonna I lie. refuse there to are, watch it. There are issues with the movie. I have mixed feelings now, but overall, it it it, it it's a good movie. What and was I the feel, original plan for that movie experience? <laughs> the original plan was that we were going to see the movie. Who's and, we? 
me and you. You and I. But what happened is that I decided to be an honest friend and I told Jose that I saw the movie with my grandparents over break and this man shunned me. He had no words for me. And I thought he was not serious when he said he would never see that movie. And it's been like almost 10 years and you have not seen that movie. <laughs> I love Quentin Tarantino movies. I love Samuel Jackson. Refuse. I get so And Samuel Jackson hurt. was somebody else in this movie. <laughs> I re remember you went to see them. The next weekend we were hanging out on Christmas break. <laughs> that I arranged for us to get a ride back home on and I used to love those rides <laughs> and that weekend you said well I already saw the movie I it wasn't <laughs> like I wasn't gonna see it again I just told you what happened look how dare I share with my best friend what happened with me <laughs> we had plans though and I got shunned <laughs> so that's the Jose movie experience. We've seen other movies together. Like, what else? We saw Ma together, which was hilarious. The we girl on the train. The girl on the fucking train. Hell yeah. That we've seen good. we've seen a few movies, but just to show how my pettiness can be, I will never watch that movie. He y'all, it's <laughs> almost been 12 years. This man has still not watched Django. It's crazy. I'm gonna make his ass watch it one day, maybe on the 20th anniversary. We'll see. But okay, so the other ones uh, involve my sister Trisha. So I'm gonna tell the, I think it was Quantum Asylum. It had to be. Uh, this was another situation where my grandparents, they love the Bond movie. So anytime a Bond movie comes out, they have seen it in theaters. And so we were visiting once again and they were like, well, we're gonna go to the movies. We're seeing Quantum. They were basically like, hey, we're seeing Quantum Asylum. Ain't no fucking other movie we about to watch. Y'all can either stay at home or go with us to watch Quantum of Solace. And we went, obviously. And I'm not sure if this is the experience that it happened at, but I'm going to just tag it to this experience. We went to the gas station to get snacks beforehand because, you know, the movie theater is out of control even back then. And um, we specifically got these, like, cute, fruity-looking drinks in glass bottles as well as some snacks. And me and my grandparents sat in one row together. And I think me and Trisha like went a couple rows ahead and sat together. And we were having a good time. As far as I know, Quantum Asylum is the best Bond movie because I saw it and it was great. But um, during the movie, we had drank our, 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 our pops and we put them on the ground. Now, I still don't know to this day if it was me or Trisha, but somebody's foot moves and tips the bottle over. And even though we're in this loud ass movie theater, all you hear is the clink of a glass <laughs> bottle going down the slope of the floor. And people are like, what the fuck? And you see people maybe looking back and looking to us. I was like, that wasn't us. Oh me. no, you know, I would be looking back too. I was <laughs> like, like, you have to play it off. <laughs> so that was one of my uh, favorite experiences because we just cracked up. Um, Medea goes to jail. Now, <laughs> I'm not stereotypical, but when I say that I had to see Medea Goes to Jail twice in theaters because the first experience with my grandparents and Trisha was terrible, I felt so bad. So this couple was being loud. They were being Black people loud. <laughs> I mean, throughout the, I mean, from beginning to end, we sat behind this couple who were talking every scene they had something to say that looked like pookie oh my god gonna do this again blah 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 shakalala trisha was fuming trisha is very outspoken she don't give a fuck if there's a problem she gonna say it so trisha wanted to tell these people to be quiet she wanted to say something but me being a little scared ass back then was like no trisha don't do it trisha don't do it it's okay it's okay, we'll still enjoy the movie. I regret that totally. If I would have let Trisha go off on him for one second, the whole rest of the movie would have been entirely enjoyable. But instead, we had this old ass black couple behind us just being very, very loud. It was terrible. And then the third and final one, kind of the funniest, was when I saw the proposal with my grandmother and Trisha. 
Now, I, I'm, I'm going to just be honest. Not a lot of black people in the theater for the proposal. <laughs> it was just me, Trisha, and my grandma, really. Maybe one or two others, but it was primarily white. And we were in the back. <laughs> so we're watching the proposal. It's funny. It's whatever. It's whatever. And you know the whole Betty White, you know, hopefully I don't have a heart attack or whatever. So yeah. it gets to the movie where, you know, the the father and Ryan Reynolds are fighting. And then <laughs> Betty White is like, oh, oh, I'm having a heart attack. Now, as this is happening, I'm like, oh, shit. Trisha beside me busts out laughing in the middle of this quiet ass theater. <laughs> and every uh, some people are looking back and I was like, oh, my God, Trisha, why are you laughing? <laughs> Betty White's having a heart attack. And then when uh, she's in the helicopter and she turns out to be fine, just like, I told you she wasn't going to die. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. <laughs> she said, I was laughing because she literally said, I'm having a heart attack. She said, that's not how you have heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just so funny how Trisha basically instinctively knew that this shit was fake as fuck. And everybody was looking at us like we was heartless bitches because we was laughing, but she had no fucking heart attack. <laughs> By the way, R.I.P. Betty White, for real. R.I.P. But yeah, those are my movie experiences. Some of the ones that I, I just like the most and think of. Um, sorry, Jose. But yeah, Ma's included <laughs> in that one. I just didn't talk about Ma because nobody really watched Ma. And even though it was not the best movie, I it was entertaining as fuck. I loved it for what it was. Me me as well, yes. And that whole clip, don't, don't, what is it? Don't let me drink, drink alone. alone. Don't make me drink alone. Yes. Oh, you were saying, saying that, that to you every while. time I wanted to get drunk. <laughs> you did. <laughs> don't let me drink alone. <laughs> Peer pressure into the, uh -huh. to the uh, alcohol. <laughs> oh, but that's all for me, sir. Do you have a meteor? I do. So, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, but you mentioned watching The Virgin Suicides. Woo, boy, talk about emotional roller coaster. And I, I did love the movie, but what I really loved from The Virgin Suicides was the soundtrack. Okay, I had to look that up then. Yeah, so two songs that really stick out for me, and... After you said it in either last week or the week before this episode, I've just been listening to the soundtrack a lot, and it just brought me back to, like, seventh grade Jose, who I had just gotten, you know, over, I, with a person that I have dated off and on since seventh grade to my early to mid-20s, mm -hmm. that we had just been off at this time. And I remember <laughs> listening to Hello, It's Me by Todd Rodgren, mm. Rodgren, whatever his name is. Hello, it's me. <laughs> so much. And I've been, I've always been so private about my relationships in life. And mm. I just remember little Jose just listening to that song over and over again, being so sad about it and <laughs> like it's <laughs> private. <laughs> but that song always stuck out to me. Not my little Jose crying the hello, it's me. I, I not crying. Oh, okay. Never shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> but another song that is depressing, but I really love is Alone Again Naturally. And uh come on, give me, give me, give me the melody. I, I feel like I know it. Come on, sing, hum it. <laughs> No, I don't know that. Okay, maybe, we're... maybe I do, but okay. <laughs> it's it's a song, and it's like really depressing that he's always alone again naturally. And I think he even says like, "I promise myself I'll go to a tower and jump off or something like that." Oh, yeah, okay. it's it's a very sad song, but I really love it, even when I'm not sad or anything. It's just I I just love sad songs to begin with. Mm -hmm. But re-listening to that has made me look at other stuff. I looked up Alone Again Naturally, and then I found a Nina Simone version of Alone Again Naturally. And hers is different. It uses like the same type of um, 
melody or beat or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But hers is about her father dying. So I really love that version now. And then that led me to a wall nation made a, uh, album just of covers. Now, AWOL Nation came out with the song Sale. Oh, you fucking love Sale. <laughs> and Sale had me in such a chokehold. I remember hearing that for the first time at a bonfire that we were at. Oh, and, yes. And after that, I loved it. I love the fake video on YouTube. Not the real video, the fake video. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of artists out there who have one amazing song. And that's all I know from them. But as soon as someone says, like, oh, you know, AWOL Nation, I'll be like, oh, my God, I love AWOL Nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just how it's always been with AWOL Nation for me because of sale. It's, I love that song. So I was listening to their album of covers, and I'll tell you the album's name, actually, because I was just listening to it. My Echo, My Shadow, My Covers, and Me. Okay. So one of the songs he covers is Alone Again, Naturally. But he also covers, they also cover some very unique sounding songs that is very bold to do. And I don't think theirs are better, but I love a good cover. So I just love the album because they cover Take a Chance on Me, which is obviously an ABBA song. Oh, that's the only ABBA song I like because Dancing Queen, hell fucking no. It's been ran into the ground. I could not listen to it if I wanted to. But, um, uh, shit, I just forgot the song again. What is it? Uh, take a chance on me. Take a chance on me, yeah. For some reason, I think also because The Office, but that's my shit. Oh. Well, Take a Chance on Me, it's featuring Jewel. And then, you know, Maniac, she's a maniac. They cover mm-hmm. that one featuring Hyro the Hero. They cover Drive. Um, there's... Shut and... up and drive. I'm just... <laughs> no, not that one. And Material Girl with Tyler Hansen of Hansen, which, you know, those are very, if you know those songs, those are songs that, like, have a distinct sound. Like Material Girl, I feel like that's very bold of them to cover. Yeah, I have to maybe listen, because I want to just see what type of interpretation they do then. Seeing as, like, the only song I'm familiar with is Sale, I I would at least check out the, um, the Take a Chance on Me and the Material Girl. Or just that's a friend. So different. Just a friend is like so unique. Just a friend, like oh, Biz Marky. Yeah, they do that one. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if I could like a version that ain't got Biz Marky on it because that's, that's what makes it so great. I just I love covers, and I don't necessarily think A Wolf Nation and these people they have on the songs are better than the original. I just love a good cover. That's true, and I sometimes you can just appreciate take. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a, a additional media I just thought about. Well, save it for next time now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this performance. Um, BET used to do this award show called Black Girls Rock, where they used to like highlight um, Black women um, in the community doing like philanthropic um uh, events and things, people who are doing great in music, but giving back, just celebrating Black women as a whole. And um, they did this performance one year. I think, it, yeah, to, oh, okay, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, 2010. And it was on YouTube, but it got taken down a while ago because I used to be obsessed with the performance and it was gone. But apparently seven months ago, it came back on YouTube. And it's... Um, the cover of Nina Simone's, because that's what jogged my memory, talking about Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. But it was a cover of Nina Simone's Four Women. Ooh. And um, the four women who sing the verses that there that uh, are Marsha Ambrosia, Lettucey, Kelly Price, and Jill Scott. And when I tell you that every time I watch this video, this performance of all four of these ladies singing the song, I get goosebumps. It is no lie. I think I've watched it over the years, maybe at least 50, 60 times. And every time it gives me chills because their voices just blend well together with what they're saying, as well as just the actual lyrics of this song and what it means. So I I implore you, if you have time, if you find yourself on YouTube, look up um, uh, Black Girls Rock uh, for Women 
uh, or just for women, Jill Scott, and it'll pop up and you should listen to that because I'm telling you, it is not disappointing. Those voices, those women, that song, it, it, it's great. It's out of this world. So funny because I do love that performance. It's a good one. Uh-huh. Because they use that song for for Color Girls, the trailer. It was in the trailer? Damn, I, I don't, don't catch it. Yeah, I don't think it was that version, but it was the... Oh, yeah, it probably song. wasn't that version, yeah. no. It was that song, so then when I wanted to hear the song again, I looked it up, and then I, I found that performance. Dang. Ain't no man bending me over. <laughs> oh, so you doing the bending. <sighs> that is a movie, I'm telling you. It shouldn't even be quoted, but it's quotable. <laughs> that is true. All right, but for real, I am done. No more, more. It was just you said Nina Simone, and I had watched that performance yesterday, and I just I had to bring it up because yeah, more people to... should watch it for real. That more people should true. know about those women. We needed a palate cleanser, anyways. I felt like after that episode, so that's why I told you bring the longer media this time. Yeah, make it personal. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for listening. This was more of a heavy episode so maybe next week we'll try to pick a light one mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you made it through to the end hopefully hopefully i i know we talked about some heavy topics uh, if you want to reach out to us our email is saveyoursorry at gmail.com you can send us your media you can send us suggestions and you don't have to high. put your name you could just send us a media a song or movie or yeah say don't play. say my name <laughs> Say on and say on <laughs> Yeah, just ask anything. If you're feeling some sort of way, write it out and we will read it out, bruh. Yeah. Or, yeah, anything. Give us your opinion. I, I want to hear opinions. We do um, like opinions. Give us a rating if you want. I think last time when I said that, our rating might have went down a little, so. Whatever. <laughs> they said rate you? <laughs> I damn well will. Okay. <laughs> whatever. Just... Give us a rating if you want to. If you don't, you, you guys obviously aren't, aren't going to. I, I I can't force you. Um, leave us a review. Reach us to, on Twitter. You know all that. Save your sorry, but the your is spelled you are. Mm -hmm. And our Instagram, save your sorry, spelled just like the podcast. Yep. Thank you guys so much. For sure. Bye bye. Bye.